Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. question indeed. No love for Long Island. But anyways, hey everyone, uh, I want to welcome you to Liquid Church. I'm Pastor Tom. And uh, just as we heard here, we are in the middle of what's been a very engaging series called FAQ. This is a series where your hot topics have been taken uh, center stage as we've tackled everything from the role of women in church to questions about the end times. But today, we sort of shift gears here a little bit and step away from, you know, things like church governance and eschatology. I know that's heartbreaking for some of you. Uh, But be strong, because today we're going to go really personal here. For instance, some of the questions that uh, we're referring to here are very specific. Uh, They're about specific situations where people are trying to discern God's will, God's direction. For instance, someone asked this, I'm not happy at work. Does God want me to change jobs? Another person asked, we've been dating a year. How do I know if she's, quote unquote, the one? Now, these are some very personal questions, right? Uh, they're the kind of questions that we've all asked one way or another uh, because they directly impact our lives, where we live, uh, who we live with, what we do, how we live, and basically they all sort of fall under this one basic umbrella of a question, and that is this. How do I hear from God? How do I know it's his voice and, and not my own? I mean, have you ever wondered that? Is that God's voice talking to me? Is that God leading me? Or, or am I just sort of hearing things myself? Is that my own voice maybe? Or, or maybe the world around me? Or, or maybe, maybe that's even the enemy's voice. How do I know that this is truly the will of God for my life? I mean, these are some great, great questions. All interesting questions about hearing God's voice and more importantly, obeying it. And so what we're looking for is a great answer. Right? I mean, a lot is at stake here today uh, when we're talking about hearing God's voice. I mean, we're talking about marriages. We're talking about careers, livelihoods, even eternal destinations. So this is the kind of FAQ that we absolutely need to nail. How do I hear God's voice? Now, I remember back when I was a senior in college, or a senior in high school, actually, I was, um, you know, sort of processing, uh, I was about to make that really first big serious decision that every high school student in the 80s made. Do I go with the hot pink or turquoise cummerbund, right? No, 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 no. Actually, actually, it, it was the decision of which college to attend. Right? I mean, if you think about it, this is one of the first really big decisions that any high school graduate could possibly make, right? First of all, there's the question of, should I even go to college? And if so, should I go in-state or out-of-state? 
West Coast or East Coast? Big or small? Financial aid, loans, scholarships, or ROTC? Lots of questions. And I remember just being so kind of overwhelmed. This is before they had internet. So like there was, I had like literally a stack of college brochures and applications that was literally this thick. Right? And so I remember going to my dad, and I was just like, oh, dad, can you, can you help me out? And, and I remember this was the exact, I remember my dad's face. Because when I said to him, can you help me discern, like, wh- where am I supposed to go? Where does God want me to go? I remember his face just sort of lit up, like, aha, this is the moment that I've been waiting for, right? And in fact, I, I kid you not, it, we, 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 he took me into his office and he, got, he sat behind his desk. He got out a sheet of paper and he, and he just starts doing this. He gets out a pen and he just starts tracing his hand like so. True story. And so he traces his hand on a piece of paper and then on each finger, okay, one, one each, he, he starts with his thumb and he writes the word, word. And he says, Tommy, Tommy, listen to me. God's will never contradicts his word. Scripture says that, that his, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a, a light for my path. And then he says, the second thing is prayer, Tommy. You need to pray. Because praying for the Christian person, that, that's like breathing. It's like, it's like you inhale God's word and you exhale your heart's desires. It's like breathing. You allow the Bible to speak to you, and when you pray, you're speaking to God. The third thing is this, people. He said, people are so important. You need godly counsel in your life. You never make those big decisions without godly counsel. And let me tell you something, Tommy. What's the best godly counsel you can find? Mommy and daddy. You know, Scripture says, honor your mother and father, that it will go well with you. Says that in the Old Testament. Says that in the New Testament. He kept on reminding me of this, right? Third, the fourth thing that he would say is doors. What he meant by doors was this. He meant opportunities. He said, if you're trying to discern the will of God, you need to determine whether or not there are open opportunities or closed opportunities. Open doors or closed doors. So in other words, listen, Tommy, you may think that God is calling you to Harvard University. (laughs) But let me tell you something. If you apply to Harvard University and you get denied, guess what? God's not calling you to Harvard University. That door is closed. And the last thing he would say is peace. Peace. This was such an important one that he even gave me a verse for this. John 14, 27 says, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. He would say to me, see, Tommy, peace is is like confirmation that this is God's will. And yeah, you know, you look at those five things, and I get it. I get it. You look at that, and you're like, ah, it's a little bit hokey. But I tell you something. I never forgot it. And even more importantly, I'd say about half the time, about half the time I'm trying to discern God's will for my own life or when I'm trying to help another person discern, is this God really talking to you? I'm not ashamed to admit, about half the time I actually go back to that little illustration one way or another. It's so helpful and it's so true. The problem is, okay, the problem is, It's not always so easy to just count off God's will on five fingers, right? Have you ever run through that in life? Have you ever run through some complications, right? I mean, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I need something earthier, a real-life story or an example of someone actually hearing God's voice. And so today, we're going to follow the biblical example of a jackass. 
Stop looking at me that way. Some of you are secretly judging me because I said this. But to go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 22, found on page 110 in your scriptures. And we're going to read this together. We're going to see this example here. Verse 21 says this. Balaam got up in the morning and saddled his what? His donkey and went with the princes of Moab. Verse 22, but God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. So, so let me just sort of set up the context here, right? We've got this guy named Balaam, and he has two servants. So let me see, that makes, not that great in math, but I think that makes one, two, three people and one what? One donkey. Three human beings... And one donkey. And the question is, don't even look at your Bible. Don't even look, okay? Who do you think, three human beings and one donkey, who do you think is going to hear God's voice? Yeah, yeah. See, folks, if you've ever been close to a real live donkey, then you can appreciate that what's about to happen next is absolutely supernatural. Well, hey, everyone, it's Pastor Tom. I'm here in Blairstown, New Jersey. I'm at Mountain View Farm uh, with my friend Becky and her daughter, Jamie. And as you can see, we are surrounded by a lot of donkeys. Becky, my friend here, is a uh, farmer, owner, breeder. What would you call yourself? All of that. All of the above, okay? And uh, we're just going to spend the day here around all these uh, jackasses. Why, why a donkey? Because they're very strong and they're very trustworthy. Uh-huh. And I think she they're, just very, they're very athletic. Uh-huh. Are they obedient? They tend to make some of their own decisions because they know better than we do. Is that where we get the term, like, kind of stubborn yes. as a mule? Yes. Tell us why you think, uh, you know, so donkeys are reliable, they're strong, they're dependable, um, but... You know, when we think of Jesus, we, we think of him, you know, king, you know, we think of him like on a stallion. Why in the New Testament okay. is he entering Jerusalem Glad on a donkey? Yeah. Because he is entering Jerusalem as a servant. And they also are very humble animals as opposed to a horse. Donkeys are. Yes. Uh, okay. So that donkeys were kind of a symbol of humility. Like the Volkswagen Beetle. The Volkswagen, as opposed to the BMW. Yes. They're kind of like the, the Honda Accord exactly. versus the BMW. Yes. Now, tell me what's happening here. Like, I, I okay. see the stripe I, here. I will tell you this. This, yeah. is, this is their cross. And legend has it that the donkey that um, Jesus rode in yes. to Jer Jerusalem on yeah. was actually at the cross... Uh -huh. to say goodbye when he died. The shadow of the cross fell across the donkey, and that's it. It's a legend. It's a legend, but if you do notice, there literally is a cross from, I, would this be called the, the butt of it the would, donkey? It would. The, it's, uh, this is a question that we're all wondering, okay, Becky? Yes. I, I mean this in the most respectful way. What is the difference between a donkey and a jackass? 
we've just had a wonderful time here. Yeah, in, uh, in Mountain View Farm, and uh, I think it's time to go. Are we going to go back in that tractor? What's the deal? It's Kubota. Kubota. We're going to yeah. ride back in the Kubota yes, uh, and go home now. So thanks so much, everybody. Let's 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 go back in the Kubota. What the? Kubota. Okay. Uh, New driver. What's happening right well, now? Well, she's going to drive you back up. Okay, well, you know what? Clearly, the animals have taken over. But you can see there how the donkey is a very strong but humble animal. He's actually a beast of burden. So let's actually pick up back in our scriptures at verse 23. Look with me there. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, what, what, what did the donkey do? She turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Okay, so, so, so do you see what's happening here? See, one day this strong, reliable beast of burden got up, just like any other day. And she was saddled up on for, for a long day's journey. This is no biggie, okay? This, this is the sort of thing that happens every day. This is the normal, everyday life of a donkey. Come to think of it. Come to think of it now, some of you may actually relate a little bit. Like, like day after day, like you feel like this heavy load, this, this heavy burden is placed on your back, right? It's almost like you're, you're yoked or, or someone puts a heavy load on your back. I'm talking now, right, to the moms who are in here, who chase around the little ones all stinking day, right? And not only that, but you're in charge of all the cooking and the cleaning and the shopping and not, not to mention the fact that many of you are actually have your own professional careers as well. I, I mean, I don't even know how you do it, but just this load, this heavy, heavy load. Or, or maybe I'm talking to, to, the, to the men in here, so many of you that wake up at 4.30 and 5 o'clock every single weekday morning and, and just to get an early you know, head start on the commute. And, and you go into the city and you don't come back home until late in the evening when the sun's already down. I, I've got a friend of mine who, who literally, he says to me that he, only, he feels like a stranger in his own house because he only sees his kids during the weekend. Because he leaves for work before they wake up, okay, they're still in bed, and by the time he comes home, then they're in bed again. Feels like a stranger in his own house. But that's the reality, right? That's the reality. That's the burden that many of us carry, right? I mean, after this service, literally, right, I've got, I'm going to go home, I've got three kids, i got to keep them from, like, killing one another, Right? I got a lawn that needs to be mowed like two, three weeks ago, right? Garbage that needs to go out, just like every single one of you. If I gave you a second right now, you could probably think of a list of chores, burdens that you are responsible for, and it never ends, right? Week after week, day after day, it's like this for all of us. So I think that it's safe to say that we can all identify at least a little bit with this donkey, with this beast of burden. But you know something? On this day, on this day, that donkey saw something that demanded a totally different response. What did she see? Look with me again at verse 23 there. The angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. Folks, can you imagine this donkey? 
This poor little thing is just sort of, you know, walking along the way that it normally does every day. Yeehaw, yeehaw, I got a big old burden on me. Yeehaw, it's just walking along, doing its normal thing, when all of a sudden, ah, yeehaw, sees this angel of death with this giant sword. This sword is drawn. It's about to do some damage, right? I mean, just imagine that. Now, this donkey can either pretend not to see it or she can actually respond, and she does. What does the text say there in the next verse? Let's read this together. She turned off, let's read it together. She turned off the road into a field. Folks, she actually changed directions. And let me tell you something, folks. You need to know that the moment you actually dare to respond to what God is actually doing in your life, it may require you to change directions. It may require you to actually pull off the road that you've been plotting on every day of your life. It may require you to venture on a new path. Did you know that? I mean, is, that is that okay with you? Would that be cool if, 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 if God were changing your course? Would, would that be okay with you? Is that all right? Does he have that right? Yeah? Okay, great. But now what if the next thing that happens is you get beat? What then? Right? Uh, that, 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 then what? See, verse 23 ends with the donkey actually turning off the road into a field. But then read this last part with me here. Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Come back here, you stupid donkey. Whack, whack. Get back on the road. What are you doing? That's not where you're supposed to go. That's not the road that you, you know better. We always go down this road this way. Get back there. See, Balaam, Balaam has no idea that God was standing right there. Balaam does not see the angel of the Lord with a drawn sword, and neither do his two servants right there standing in front of him. Only, only this beast of burden can see what's right in front of them. And some of you, can I, can I just say this here? Some of you, some of you see what God is doing in your life. He's right there in front of you. You, you don't deny it. There's no doubt in your mind. You've gone through the whole like five-finger thing that my dad was talking about before, right? And yeah, it's like, no, 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 I, I know. There's no denying. God's definitely there. And, and so this is where we need to realize something. Here it is. When you hear God's voice, you have a choice. You can reject or respond. Because others may not see. They don't see what this donkey sees. And you may get beat down just like this donkey because others don't know what you've heard from God. They don't, they don't know what you're seeing from God. They don't know how God may be speaking into your heart. And so when they, when they actually hear things like, like how you're actually thinking about maybe changing jobs, right? Maybe God's speaking to you. Maybe God's shown himself to you in such a way that, that you're actually thinking about giving up your six-figure salary to work for a nonprofit organization that helps kids. And they're like, whoa. 
whoa, whoa, whoa. You're doing what? No, 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 not in this economy. No, listen to me. I'm your friend. You can't do that to yourself. That's irresponsible. God doesn't want you to do that. No, 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 no. No, get back over there. You're going nuts. See, but that's how it goes sometimes. See, see, sometimes God just shows you and no one else. Sometimes you have to be the first. See, sometimes, sometimes those closest to you, the ones who love you the most, are going to be like, what in the world? What are you thinking? No, 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 no. Get back over there. Just go that normal route. And so for this poor donkey, it meant that she was eventually beaten back onto the road, onto the same old road. But not for long, because look at the next verse here. Verse 24, then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. So you understand this, right? I mean, we were narrow before, but now it's getting even more narrow. Now there are walls on both sides, right? Verse 25, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, this is now the second time, right? She's still the only one that sees it. She pressed close to the wall. What did she do? Crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat her again. Folks, the second lesson is this. When you hear God's voice, you not only have a choice to respond or reject, but you may step on some toes. Yeah, you see, in your pursuit to respond to God, you may step on some toes. Is that okay with you? You may actually crush some feet. Why? Because, folks, not everyone will see or even want to see the God that you see in front of you. Not everyone will hear God, and in the process, you may step on a few toes. Some feet around you may get crushed. Is that okay with you? Or will you allow something like that to prevent, to deter you from responding to God wholeheartedly, 100%? You know, it's really interesting. One of you actually texted this. I was born and raised Jewish, but now I follow Jesus. How do I avoid drama with my very Jewish family? So you're not going to like this answer. I'm not going to say it anyways. I'm not so sure that you can avoid drama. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be, be disrespectful or, 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 or cold-hearted here, but, but if, you're, if you're going to hear God's voice and obey it, if you're committed to that, if your heart is, is primed that way, I don't think you can avoid stepping on toes. In fact, let me tell you something. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee that you will step on some toes. As a matter of fact, I shared with you that story about me and my dad when I was a high school senior, but there was a time, uh, there was my winter break of my junior year in college. And uh, during that winter break, I went on this life-changing retreat. I mean, just God got a hold of me, and he turned me inside out, upside down. I did a 180, and I just fell in love with Jesus at that retreat. And so that following spring semester, I go back to, back to school. This is my junior year of college. 
And uh, I go back to school, and I'm having, like, devotions or quiet times, whatever you want to call them, very consistently now. Like, I'd always been taught as a little kid, but now I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it on my I'm just falling in love with Jesus, and I just, I loved it. And it was during the middle of one of those uh, days where, where I just felt like, you know that question that you get asked all the time? So what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I just, that answer from God was just coming to me. I just, I felt like I just, I could hear God. I could hear God's voice. It wasn't like an audible voice or anything like that, but everything in me, everything about me, just I was hearing the call of God. And so what I did was I called my parents. It was like the next morning. I called my parents, and, and, and my mom picked up, and I was just like, I didn't really know how to approach this. My parents, they're good, strong Christians, but I, you know, they're sending me away to this school, and it's just like, it, it, I, it just, I knew it was going to catch them off guard. And, and so I was just like, Mom, uh, I, you know, I've just been doing some praying. I've just been in the Word, and I just, I feel like God's spoken to me. I feel like, I feel like I know what I'm supposed to be. She's like, what? What? You want, you want to be a doctor? No, no, Mom, no. Uh, uh, lawyer? No, no. Uh, professor, you want to be a professor, right? No, Mom, uh. I feel like, what? What is it? I feel like God's calling me to be a pastor. No, Tommy, no. Oh, my only son, my son, my son, my son, my only son. Pastors are they are not normal. They don't have normal lives. They're always poor. Everybody judges them. No, not my son. That's a direct quote. Now, <laughs> my mom and I, my mom and I, we laugh about that today. Actually, she'd probably freak out if she knew I told you. But anyways, uh, listen, it is inevitable. Okay, sometimes you're gonna step on people's toes if you choose to respond to God. And speaking of which, uh, our little donkey friend here, watch how things actually, they actually get worse for her here. Verse 26, then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn. It's getting narrower and narrower and narrower. Either to the right or to the left. Verse 27. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, this is the third time now, she lay down under Balaam and he was angry. And what did he do? He beat her with his staff. Don't miss this, folks. Don't miss it. When the angel of the Lord appeared for this third time now, the donkey literally lay down her lo- The poor donkey was saying, no, 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 I can't. Oh, it's too heavy. The burden is just, I'm just trying to follow God's will. And every time I do it, you just keep on beating me and beating me back to the, I just can't, I surrender. I surrender. I I can't. See, some of you, some of you, you're still trying to negotiate your response to God. Is that too convicting? Is it okay for me to say that? You're still trying to negotiate your response to God. You're still trying to keep everyone happy. You're trying to keep all the, all the plates spinning, right? You're trying hard not to step on toes. You're a people pleaser like me, right? But when you hear God's voice, folks, you have got to learn how to say no to everyone else and say yes to God, to obey his voice and you know something 
It's at that precise moment. It's at that exact moment when you obey God's voice. That's actually when you find your own voice. Which leads us to our next point. When you hear God's voice, you may find your own voice. In fact, watch it play out here. This is absolutely incredible. Verse 28. Then the Lord, what did the Lord do, people? Open the donkey's mouth. And she said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me all these times? See, the donkey had just found her voice. Go, go ahead. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, yeehaw. Go ahead, do it. Yeehaw. Yeah. Yeah. How ridiculous does that feel? But the donkey found a human voice. Verse 29, Balaam answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. The irony here is crazy. This guy's talking now to the donkey. <laughs> you have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, boy, I would kill you right now. Verse 30, the donkey said to Balaam, again, am I not your own donkey which you have always ridden? To this day, have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. This is just like, I mean, what's happening here? Who is more foolish in this, in this situation? The donkey or the guy talking to a four-legged animal? See, when you obey God's voice, you actually find your own. You actually find your own. Guys, that's been true in my own life. For instance, when I finally pulled the trigger and went to seminary against my mother's wishes at the time, that's when I actually found my voice as a preacher. That's actually when I, when the, the first real time I can remember saying yes to God. And, and saying, you know what, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And you know, I, I honestly can't imagine if I had listened to those who discouraged me instead of listening to God at that moment. I may have missed my calling. And, and some of you, let me just be honest with you, some of you here today, right now, are in danger of losing your voice if you don't speak up when God speaks to you. Uh, but, but if you're willing to obey God, he'll give you the right words to speak into others and to speak for yourself, so to speak. See, God put words in the mouth of a jackass. And I don't say that as a punchline. I don't say that as a punchline because the truth is it saved Balaam's life. Watch how this story ends, okay? Check this out. Verse 31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn, so he bowed low and fell face down. Verse 32. Then the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. Verse 33. The donkey, the donkey saw me and turned away from me three times. If she had not turned away, let's read this out loud, church. If she had not turned away, what? I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared her folks what's incredible here is that because a donkey 
because a donkey heard God's voice, saw God, and obeyed. The donkey saved the life of her master. And that is so significant for us. Because the last point is this. When you hear God's voice and you obey, do you actually know that you can save a life? Let me put it like this. Some of you are sitting in this room today, and you know what? With all due respect, you're stubborn. You're stubborn as a mule. You're a beast of burden, and you know it. And you're carrying around all these responsibilities, all these responsibilities you put on your back every day. And you know what? You don't know what to do. You're hearing all these voices. You sometimes think it's God. You sometimes think it's you. You sometimes think it's someone else. And you're at these crossroads. And at these crossroads, at these big point decisions that you need to make, you you feel like it may be God prompting you. You feel like it may be God whispering to you, I'm telling you to change jobs. I'm telling you, you need to go back to school. I'm telling you, you you should break up with him. I'm telling you, you need to move. You're at these crossroads and you don't know whether to go to the left or to the right or just lay down. It's like you're procrastinating. But guess, guess what hangs in the balance in those moments? Life or death. And you can't even see it. Some of you are like, no, no, but you're, too, you're being way too dramatic. No, 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 no. It, it's, this is only affecting me. It's not only affecting you. The choices that you make, the choice for you to either reject or respond, to obey or disobey God's voice, when you are placed in a crossroads of life, when you are placed in a crossroad right in front of you, has eternal consequences for those around you, those that you love the most. Folks, if God spoke to and through a stubborn mule in the Old Testament, don't you think, couldn't there be a chance that he would speak to you? And if this stubborn old donkey, if this stubborn old four-legged animal bearing all this weight, stepping on toes, constantly getting beat and beat and beat, if she could bear and endure all the opposition and still obey God, I'm thinking so can you. See, for some of you, this is your wake-up call. In fact, very candidly, don't make God use this. You just got to step out in faith. And you know something? If it ruffles some feathers, if it steps on a few toes, if you crush a few feet, so be it. Because this, uh, this is about obedience. This is about seeing God, hearing his voice, and having the guts to actually respond in obedience. And in that process, guess what God does? He not only changes your life, he will actually save the lives of others around you. I, I don't know. I don't know what your particular story is. I don't know what your situation is today. You know, you know, some of you, I'm guessing, you're like, man, I am so at a crossroads. I am. I got two decisions I can make here. I, I, I'm at a crossroads. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job, right? Maybe it's a marriage, and you're like, dude, 
I got like the papers all drawn up. There's only two ways that this thing can go. We can either separate or we can get divorced because this marriage is done. Yet somewhere, even in that situation, you know that you're at a crossroads. Even in that situation, somewhere way down deep, you cannot get away from like this whisper from God. It's, 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 like, it's like you cannot help but hear God whisper. You, you want to deny him, but you, you can't. You keep on hearing him. And he's saying, well, what about the kids? What about those kids? What about those kids? And you know what? Maybe it's easy for you to ignore God's voice. You can just sign the papers, move on, turn the page, go on with yourself. But if you actually respond to the whisper of God, yeah, it's going to be painful at times, okay? You will be beat. You'll get a beating here and there. And it may go against the practical, conventional wisdom of all your friends and all that stuff, right? But you may just save the lives of those kids. Their lives would be changed forever because you decided to respond and obey to God's prompting in your life, in your marriage. Whole generations would change. That's no overstatement. So folks, what is it for you today? What is God speaking to you right now? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I do know that if he spoke 3,000 years ago in and through a donkey, he can speak to us through today through his word and through his spirit. So here's what I like to do. I want to speak very specifically to those of you, just those of you right now who are at a crossroads in your life. If you're facing like this moment of decision right now, and you're just not sure, you, you don't know which way to respond, you, you need the light of God to sort of illuminate your path, what we're going to do is we're going to create a little time and space right now. We're going to respond right now with a closing song and a brief, brief time of prayer. But we're going to actually do this a little bit differently today. This isn't for everyone. Normally we ask everyone to respond and all that stuff. This is a little bit different. Today, this is for those of you who need special prayer. I've asked the campus pastor here today. He's, he's uh, got a team assembled of five or six people. We, this is for those of you that need special prayer. We've got a special team of people right up here in the front. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to simply pray for you. We're going to pray for you. In fact, I'm going to only ask those of you who really feel like maybe you're like Balaam's donkey, like you're at a crossroads, and you need to hear God's voice. You want to hear God's voice. You're willing to obey God's voice no matter what he says, not just generically, but you need to hear God's voice. I mean, there's a specific situation right now in your life. I want you to come forward after I pray. You're going to come forward, and here's the first thing. I'm going to ask you to Go ahead, I'm going to invite you to light a candle up here and up here. Okay, and what you're doing there is you just kind of symbolically, this is not a superstitious thing, okay? This, you're symbolically saying, you're visibly, physically saying, God, I'm in the dark. I need you to light it up. I need your word to be a light onto my path, a, a light for my life. I need you to lighten it, illuminate my life. And then the second thing is, we're gonna, after you've lit a candle, we're going to go right over here. And then 
campus pastor and his special team. We're going to pray for you. We're going to lay hands on you. Nothing freaky. We're not going to make you feel weird or awkward or anything like that. We're not going to freak you out. This is simply a time of ministry, three or four minutes, where we just simply come alongside you. We're going to pray for as many of you as possible. We're going to pray that God would speak so clearly to you so that it's undeniable, so that you're like that donkey and it's just like undeniable what is happening in front of you. And we're going to pray that as he lightens that up, that God would give you the courage to obey him no matter what. Does that sound good? Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're a good God. And Lord, quite honestly, if you used a donkey 3,000 years ago, I pray that you would use me today. I pray, Father, that through your word and through your spirit, that you would have convicted some men, women, and children in this room to respond to you. And maybe someone's at a crossroads right now, maybe with a job, a relationship, whatever it is, God, and they need you to light their path. They need your illumination. They're a little bit iffy. They're a little bit on the fence. I pray that you would give them the courage to literally take a step of faith out of their seats to come forward, to light a candle humbly, asking for your light to illuminate their life. And I pray that as the special team prays for them, Lord, that you would fill them up with your courage, fill them up with your peace to do your will, to obey you and to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.